Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to episode 93 of Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about equipping and inspiring you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. In this episode, Brandon and I are going to be talking with you about living in dissatisfaction. That's right. How can you make your life better by living in dissatisfaction? Listen to this episode as we talk about recognizing you're in the rut, and then how do you take that dissatisfaction and turn it into something good? Like what's something you enjoy doing? You know, every, it doesn't happen very often, but like what's something you really enjoy doing? Me? Yeah. Oh, uh, hanging in a hammock. Hanging in a hammock. Let me say that without the slur. Hammock. Hammock. And, <laughs> and yet, you do that a small less than 1% of the time. Oh, yeah. You do all the other things. So why not do something you enjoy a majority of the time and do something you don't enjoy less of the time? Yeah. And we're talking about work. Yeah, work, family, I, and I'm not telling anybody to leave their family or anything like that, but a majority of your energy and your resources and your focus should be on something you care about, mm-hmm. you know? And you're a great example of this. It's like you love your job. You, oh, yeah. You enjoy what you do, and, and you know, and, and I promise even if nobody ever heard this, that's still how you feel because you've said it when we weren't talking into mics before, but it's like you – You do what you do, not because your employer is great or the money's great, but because that's what you want to do. And uh, that's what, to me, people should spend their time doing. Do something you enjoy doing. You won't love every minute of it, just like you don't love every minute of your job, but a wide majority of the focus, the impact, you do. Oh, yeah. It's like, I'll put up with this because the impact is worth it. Yeah, you know? and I've got the perfect marriage of a variety of ingredients. There's, you know, the pay is good. Yeah, my, that makes my wife happy, and <laughs> and it's consistent. It. <laughs> it's good, and it, the paycheck comes in every two weeks, and she loves that. There you go. It has benefits, so she feels safe. Uh, and I'm doing something I enjoy, which is teaching others, inspiring others, kind of like what we do here. And then on top of that, I believe in the mission of the organization. You know, if I was working for another company that I just totally did not agree with what they do and how they do it and what their philosophy is, I wouldn't be happy doing the same job with that company. Right. So there's the alignment there. I believe in its mission, its core values, its vision. And then the team I'm on specifically, the the director I have, the director above her, the VP we've had her on the show, mm-hmm. and uh, then my teammates. They're all really good people. I mean, we've got, you know, you've got the the weird cousin, you've got the, <laughs> the uh, apparently I found out if we were to be like a family, I'm the vocal weird uncle the eccentric one that makes sense yeah and then the other guy that i'm thinking of he's like the quiet one like you don't know what he's thinking until he opens his mouth and you're like oh he thinks we're idiots (laughs) (laughs) he just said it in a very polite way uh but anyway we've got folks that you know like any other group it has its dysfunctions but overall it's a really good group of people i'd like to get into trouble with for the next 10 years um so there's a guy we had on here recently and travel tall. I can't think of his Eric name. Eric Giuliani. Yes. 
um, he posted a picture on Twitter today of him on a cargo ship going underneath the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, man. And so cool. It said something about, you know, six hours somewhere in order to ride underneath the Golden Gate Bridge. And I thought, I've, I've been on a boat under the Golden Gate Bridge when yeah. my Coast Guard ship went under there. And I just thought, here's a guy that's doing exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and some people are like, well, I'm not Jeff Goins. I'm not uh, Eric Giuliani. I'm not, you know, whoever. Yeah. And that's okay. But like you just said, you love what you do. Eric in your job would feel like he's in prison because oh, yeah. it's a, it's an office. It's in a building. It's on land. It's there's not as much travel because he travels 365 days a year, <laughs> but you in his position would be miserable because you miss your family and you wouldn't be, you know, where you wanted to be and doing what you wanted to yeah. do. But you throw the family in there. Oh yeah. It's heaven, heaven well, on earth. I'm, I know Liz fairly good i don't think she's getting on a cargo ship she's for not, six no. weeks <laughs> I, I <laughs> the service it. is probably not good there <laughs> i actually mentioned it once when i first read uh, the four-hour work week i was like hey Liv, check this out we could do this she was like no never gonna happen it, that was it that was the end of the discussion no <laughs> i know renee's not doing it but uh <laughs> well i, w- I want to go back to the golden gate bridge bit you know, like you've been under it through when you were on the coast guard you talked about eric going under the bridge on a cargo ship how many millions of people go over that bridge every single day the golden gate bridge in san francisco mm-hmm. in case you don't know where it is and how many people go over that bridge every single day with dread and they just totally um take for granted the bridge they're on oh, the, yeah. the the size and the scope and scale of it and really the only thing going through their mind is the drudgery of going to a cubicle for eight hours to a job they don't love right yeah, you know, just I just thought about that. Like, here's but this they guy. have to because of the money and the security, which yeah. is exactly what this whole podcast is about. The rut of not having a job or money or security and 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 having to do something is one thing, but the the to me the bigger rut is all the security. Yeah. I make plenty of money. I've got good benefits. Why would I ever leave this job, even though it's not what I want to do? Yeah. And, and and my point is you're spending so much time doing something you don't enjoy. And and you and I were talking before we started recording and I, I was just thinking of all the people that are mad about stuff and hating on stuff. And, you know, we were talking about different Facebook groups that you can be a part of for certain ideas or whatever. And they tend to go hard one way or the other against or generally against stuff that's yeah. kind of how they do and we're equal opportunity complainers there's too many people that went <laughs> hard left and too many people that went hard right but if you live your life mostly against stuff or making excuses you're not really living your life yeah and how many of you gave up on a dream of yours because somebody else told you you needed to find the safety and security of a nine to five five days a week with a commute how many of you i mean yeah. and think about that yeah, maybe you're listening to this driving to your job right now going, I hate Jerry because I'm going to get out of this car. And it's like, like Jamie put it, walking up those stairs is like checking yourself back into prison yeah. because you just know I'm stuck here for another eight to 10 hours. My kid's playing in a game or has a assembly or my wife is doing this, but I'm here. So that brings, so we're talking about dissatisfaction with the job, with the rut that you're in because of the security and safety or perceived security and safety of the job you've got or the company you're in. And a friend of ours, uh, Sean Albright, you've heard of him. 
He's mostly a friend of yours. I don't like him that much. Whatever. His wife's <laughs> off. Awesome. Kids are great. But Oh, man. He's so giving you a call after this episode <laughs> to chew you out. Way to go, Sean. <laughs> so Sean shared a blog post from Seth Godin, a big marketing guru, writes probably the easiest blog posts ever to read. They're just so profound. And there was one he wrote recently titled Living in Dissatisfaction. So just going to read real quickly through it because it's only like four sentences long. (laughs) For the creator who seeks to make something new, something better, something important, everywhere you look is something unsatisfying. The dissatisfaction is fuel, knowing you can improve it, realizing that you can and will make things better. The side effect is that today is not what it could be. You cannot ignore the dissatisfaction, can't pretend the situation does not exist, not if you want to improve things. Living in dissatisfaction today is the price we pay for the obligation to improve things tomorrow. So he's talking about dissatisfaction, but in a very different way. Because most folks in a rut, they're living in that dissatisfaction with the idea that they cannot change things. Right. Or may not even realize they have the power to change things. Right. And and the key is, too, don't look at that and say, well, I'm dissatisfied with my job. I'm just going to quit tomorrow, and and then I'll figure out how to get paid to sit in a hammock. And, and that's not at all what awesome. we're saying. What we're saying is use that fuel, that dissatisfying fuel that you have for something good. Because chances are you sit in the break room or out at the, the smoke section or maybe just online or something and, and just complain and complain and complain. And if you'll notice and look around you, there's plenty of other people to complain with you because most people are living this way. I'm not happy with my family. I'm not happy with my finances. I'm not happy with my job, blah, blah, blah. Use that fuel to change. And and when you break out of that group, A, they're going to shun you because you've now done something opposite of what they're doing. And so they're not going to like you as much, but you're going (laughs) to finally be happy. And maybe that's at your job. You know, maybe it's creating a position that you really enjoy yeah it, maybe it's create you know m- my wife created her position and and now she does things that she really loves to do within the government so yeah. you know the government can change that's amazing <laughs> create to create something. your position in government exactly see a need and fill it don't try to be whatever somebody told you to be you know you're this or you're that you know you're not you're not in hr training you're in people development you know you're developing people yeah and sometimes that's all it is is change the way you see it maybe they call me this i'm not a teacher i'm a developer i'm not a you know a police officer i'm a protector you know i i change the way i see myself then you can change the way you view the world where I work, uh, I'm in charge of the orientation program and also leading the drive to standardize this this powerful, welcoming experience. And the thing that uh, really blows a lot of people's minds is when you hear orientation, you're like, okay, this is the day I sit down, they cover compliance stuff, they read policies to me, then they tell me to read the same policies they just <laughs> read to me, and then sign a paper that says, I agree to what you read to me that I read, and now I say I agree to it. After you read the agreement to me and had me read the agreement and then sign it, that's orientation. Now, where I work, orientation has three purposes to it in this this order. Number one is acculturation. Who is the organization? What is the heritage? Why are we here as a company? That's number one. Our audience needs to understand that. And what's that word again? Acculturation. Acculturation. Yeah, like buying into the culture. Second thing is motivation. We want... 
people to leave our orientation with no remorse, no buyer's remorse whatsoever. Like, oh man, I'm not going to like it here. I should have really signed on with that other hospital or that other place. So when they're done with their orientation, they are motivated. They love what they've gotten into. They believe in the mission. If we were a cult, we would pass out Kool-Aid. You would drink it. But we don't want you to die, though, because, <laughs> you know, we, we kind of just hired you. Never drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> so uh, we don't serve Kool-Aid because, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to be in with. And you know, I think it would freak people out if we did. And then the third thing, and it's a distant third thing, and that's the education piece. So there is education there. What we don't want to do is fire hose people with so much information that they forget everything. And we just hold them accountable to it. So that's kind of the battle we fight right now. However, the first two things are the biggest things we focus on. And uh, the point I think I was driving at is that we want folks to feel empowered that they have the ability to change things where they work. Right. And so I was, you were just, again, talking about drudgery at the office, drudgery in a cubicle. You know, if you're riding public transportation right now, look around. You know, chances are everybody's looking down. People are looking down. <laughs> dead and soulless right now but not you like you're thinking to yourself i don't want to look like these guys but chances are if you don't make a change in some way for you you are going to continue looking like the people around you who look dead and soulless if you're stuck in traffic right now look around how do the people behind the wheel look do you want to look like that the rest of your life do you want to feel like how they look or do you want to be that person that people notice because maybe you're just like well in a way to van halen or something in your car i don't know is van halen cool I don't yeah that's, that's okay a, well okay. pre-sammy hagar was cool okay you know, got it all right yeah, just, just to clarify stuff. yeah there we go well i so, love that acculturation because you need to you need to feel like you own piece of this yes you know, a place i used to work they would take everybody around the admin building and introduce them to everybody uh, on the first or second day. And the problem is you're not going to remember anybody. So not you don't even remember the lady <laughs> that's talking in front of the class, much less the 80 people you just met. You don't know where the bathroom is. You don't know what time lunch is. Where should I park? What should I do? I'll, but we, we try to force everybody into this little box. Here's how I want you automatically are now part of us and you must act like us hundred percent. It's like how? Yeah. Whereas uh, acculturation, you're really bringing them into the culture and saying you're a vital part to change this yes. culture and this organization for the better, not yeah. just fit into it. We don't want more cogs in the wheel. We want better wheels. Yeah. And you can be that better wheel <laughs> where you are right now. So chances are you cannot quit your job because you probably do have a spouse, <laughs> like you probably have bill. children, you got bills, you got obligations, so you got to meet those still. What can you do? What can you take ownership of? Because you can take ownership of your situation. What specifically can you take ownership of and improve on it? Maybe it's your weight, your health, your oh, yeah. your finances, your relationship with your kids, your relationships with your, with your parents or your neighbors or your friends your spiritual relationship with other people and and with Christ and, you know, all of that. It's like, I don't want to ever say, well, this podcast is all about your job because it's not. And, and certainly if you know Jerry and I, you know that we're not all about that. It's about your whole life because you can have the best job in the world, but if you only are there eight hours a day, then the other 16 hours a day, you're somewhere else doing something else that may or may not be great either. So, do something that just moves you a little bit forward. We were talking about a friend of ours that, you know, always blames his his job or some other event oh, yeah, or some yeah. other aspect of his life. And it's like, just 
pick something you can change. I'm not a very good dart player. Okay, I'm going to buy a dart board and I'm going to get good at it. Or I'm no good at gardening. I'm going to buy one little one by one box and plant a tomato and see if I can grow it. Do something that moves you forward and start to gain control over your life. Like you said, you know, you, you have to have control over something. Find out what that is. Yeah. And do it. And do it. Now, for clarity, we're not saying take control of a person. <laughs> Don't take freedom away from somebody. Don't Unless be a controlling jerk hole. You know? <laughs> control your kids. <laughs> well, raise well-behaved children. Yeah, there we go. All right. So any final words we want to say? We, we talked a lot about dissatisfaction. Oh, you know what? So we talked about dissatisfaction. No, you know what? Yeah, we'll wrap it up. And we'll just do another episode. There you go. Because I am dissatisfied. Yeah. <laughs> and so we can improve on this episode by doing another episode that improves on the topic we're talking about, you know? Because we'll do dissatisfaction is basically when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, that yeah. you decide you're going to change something about your job. You got the same boss, you got the same coworkers, you got the same spouse, same neighborhood, same environment. How are you going to make it different rather than just change your location or whatever? How are you going to change that? That's dissatisfaction. So join us next time. We'll talk about satisfaction. Yes. Contentment. What the heck is that all about? Wow. Boom. If you like what you heard in this week's episode, head on over to beyondtherut.com slash 093. There you'll find links to Eric Giuliani's post about traveling underneath the Golden Gate Bridge. And we'll also put a special link in there. We didn't mention this in this episode. However, our friend Scott Barlow has a website called HappenToYourCareer.com, and he coaches people on how to make the best out of their career. And we'll also put a link in for Dondi Scumachi, another former guest on our show, and our friend just up north in San Antonio. And we'll put a link into her um, website. I'll put a link of her website in our show notes for you. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. We're recording late, and I'm losing grasp of my native language, English. All right. Now we want to hear from you. Maybe you've gotten yourself out of a rut. Maybe you're in a rut now. Whatever it is, give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 361-596-3788 or shoot an email over to info at beyondtherut.com. We'd love to hear from you and we just want to be with you as you live life beyond the rut. Catch you on the next episode. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.